Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stop Ridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. We've been in a series here at SEC called Winning the War in Your Mind. And what we've determined is this, is that the, a spiritual battle... A spiritual battle is not when I'm having conflict with someone else. A spiritual battle is right here. The battleground is within my mind. On the news, we see all the bombs that are falling in Ukraine, and we think of war. But the war that really, the greatest war that we, that we have is right here in our own minds. That's the spiritual battleground. That's where, it's won or, that's where the, the victory is won or lost spiritually. And I want to challenge you today to let you know this, is that your life will always go in the directions of your thoughts. Amen, everybody? And so understanding that, that we said it's impossible to have a positive life and a negative mind. You just can't do it. We determined this, it's impossible to have a positive marriage and constantly have negative thoughts about your marriage. It's, po- it's impossible to have a, a, a positive experience on your job if you constantly are having negative thoughts about your job. It's impossible to have a, a great day at middle school or high school or college if you constantly are having negative thoughts about that experience. It's impossible to do that. And so today we have to learn to, to fight the spiritual battle in our minds because if our lives are going to get better, our minds have got to get better. Amen, everybody? And so we have to do a checkup from the neck up. Get rid of the stinking thinking. All right? And so the Bible tells us this. I mean, it's spiritual. You have to understand what goes on in my mind is spiritual. That's why the Bible says this in 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. We've been leaning into this passage through the series. It says, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. Amen, everybody? On the contrary, they have what kind of power? Divine power. Did you hear that? Divine power, God power. Divine power to demolish strongholds. That's those, that's those thought patterns in our lives, in our minds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every what, everybody? Every thought. Think about that. You don't have to think the way you've always thought. You don't have to think the way. If you keep thinking the way you've always thought, then you're going to be, uh, have a stronghold. You're never going to be able to move beyond where you are. He says we make those thoughts obedient to Christ. That's how we win the war. Is that we have to take those thoughts captive. It's not what anybody else is doing that's holding you back. It's what you're thinking that's holding you back. And the devil knows that, and he's always injecting those thoughts in our minds, those self-defeating thoughts. And so today I want to talk to you about how to defeat your negative thoughts. I call these ants, automatic negative thoughts, because most of us in here, most of us in this room and those that are watching online as well, we have these thoughts that go through our mind automatically. Every time something happens, you know, we begin to say, well, that's just because that's just the way I am or nothing good ever happens to me, you know, or I'm always going to be the loser or something. That's an automatic negative thought, and it's very unhealthy. And so today I want to talk to you about how we can combat those. 
The first thing I want to tell you that we're going to do in order to combat those thoughts is that we're going to do something, what I call this, change your filter. Change your filter. You, you have something that psychologists tell us that's a cognitive bias. This cognitive bias is the way that you begin to reason everything in your mind. And this, the way you reason everything in your mind comes from your past experiences or past background, the way you were raised. In other words, you see everything through the lens of, the, of those experiences or the way that you was raised. That's why I tell you that there's no such thing as a family curse. There's only uh, a, a such thing as a, a family filter that's, that's wrong or a, a, a bad attitude that's been adopted or a bad thought process that's been adopted. That's what, that's what destroys families for years because when we're thinking the wrong way, we can never see the right way. And for example, this, if maybe if you grew up with a, 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 a person, a male in your life that was very, very strong, you may grow up and think that all men are just very, you know, bold and strong, and you may have a, a slant toward men. Or if you grew up in a family that says, you know what, that wealthy people are evil, you know, that wealthy people are evil, then you may feel guilty when God begins to bless you and you begin to have a little more than what you thought you'd ever have. And so that it's those filters that we begin to live our lives in that change everything. And so we have to change the filter because that's not true. Matter of fact, the, the devil is most afraid of a godly person with money in their hands. He's scared to death of them because when they use it for the kingdom like you, you know, sending $17,000 over there to rescue people out of a hell war zone. Amen? See, see, the devil's scared to death of that. He's not scared of the person that says, oh, well, you know, I ain't doing that. My family told me, you know, I can't ever have nothing, so I can't give nothing. And so I just want to tell you that. These filters, by the way, a filter changes everything. This is a picture of my daughter now, Caitlin. Uh, we took a, matter of fact, we took a couple months ago. And, uh, you know, that, I just wanted you to see that I got a little cute daughter. And uh, <laughs> because the, the picture I'm about to show you is something that's not so cute, it's ugly. And uh, this, the reason it is is because Caitlin took a picture and, she's, and she put it through one of her filters on her phone. And when she put through her filter on the phone, the picture come out looking like this. Man, that is rough right there. So you can take it down. Please take it down. You don't want anybody to lose some sleep tonight over that. Although it did feel good to have a little hair. <laughs> so what I want you to know is that, you know, the filter changes everything, right? Filters change everything. And that's exactly what we see is that, you know, people can be going through the same situations but yet the way they filter the information changes everything. In Numbers uh, 13, and, and we'll see verse 30 through 32, it's on your outline. You'll see that God's people, remember, God had brought the children of Israel out of Egypt, crossed the Red Sea. They were in the desert. It's on their way to the promised land. They get right to the edge of the promised land that God had promised them. And God, Moses said, okay, I'm going to send 12 spies into the land to just check it out. And the, and the 12 spies come back, and they brought a report back. And two of those spies had a report that's like, woohoo, yes, we can do this. And 10 had another report. Look what it says. Caleb and Joshua had the good report, and this is what they said. 
Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, We should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. But the men who had gone up with him said, We can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. They said, The land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there are of great size. Another translation says that they said that we are grasshoppers in their sight. Now, whoever said that, that they feel like we're grasshoppers in their sight, nobody went to those people over there in that land and said, okay, what do you think about us? They just automatically assumed because they had a filter that said fear and that we should fear these people, and that filter of fear made them bring back a bad report. But Joshua and Caleb, the two that, that saw the same scenario, same people, had a filter of faith, and they just remember that, you know, didn't God just part the Red Seas? Haven't we seen that God provided bread from heaven and, and meat for us to eat? And now surely our God will get to defeat these people in this land. Amen? Amen. You see, the difference is the filter was the difference. One view through faith, one view through fear. You know, it's amazing people come to church and they have two people can come to the same church, our church. One person can come into this church and say, man, they get in here and say, wow, man, that, that music's loud. You know, I thought the building was on fire because they had all that smoke coming off the stage. You know, they can say, and they say, man, and that pastor up there, he's loud. He gets emotional. He jumps around sometimes. I don't like all that. I'm out of here. Then another person can walk in and say, man, when I got out of my car, I noticed the friendliness of those people there. When I, walk, when I walked in, into the uh, child area to check my kids in, man, I just felt that those people loved my kids. When I walked into the auditorium in there and that music began, I just couldn't thank God. I just felt Jesus all in that room. And then also then they could begin to say, you know, and when that pastor began to preach, yes, he was loud, he was energetic, but when I left there that day, I had something I could put into practice. It was practical. It was good. And so I think I'll come back. And so if you're one of those people that says it was good and you came back, we're glad you're back. Now we want to welcome you to Growth Track. <laughs> Won't you come to Growth Track? You say, what is Growth Track, Jeff, Pastor Jeff? That's where you actually can be a part of us and that you can get your hands. You know, we say at SEC, if you're helping row the boat, you don't have time to rock it. So we want you to put an oar in your hand so that you can do something for the kingdom of God. Let me just tell you something, everybody. We're at the end of the end of this thing. You know, Jesus is coming back, and the only thing's going to matter what you've done for him. That's it. And so we want to make sure that when you're standing before the Lord Jesus, that because you're the part of this church, that you can say, he's going to say, well done, good and faithful servant. Amen? Amen. And so that's what we want you. So if you haven't signed up for Growth Track, please check it on your card and sign up for Growth Track. Amen, everybody. So, so we see that we've got to change the filter. By the way, let me just say this too. If you've not been baptized, I want you to get baptized. You say, well, I got baptized when I was three. Well, that's wonderful. I mean, your parents enjoy that. <laughs> but if you've not lived up to it since you've been three, then maybe you ought to think about doing it for yourself. Amen? Because there's something in that water that when you, when you just become obedient, you take that step of obedience, you go down under that water, and you come back out of that, up on that water, it's amazing how God begins to work in your life because it's a step of obedience. So sign up again on our connection card and begin, uh, get baptized. Okay, 
So how do we defeat the negative thoughts? Well, we said, first of all, we've got to change the filter. The second one is, is reframe your perspective. Reframe your perspective. We're going to talk about like looking at a different way or being able to look at things differently. Maybe, maybe you're already thinking about tomorrow. And you know that tomorrow is going to be a rough day. So you could wake up tomorrow morning and say, oh, no, this is going to be a horrible day. And you begin to think about the things that you do. And then all of a sudden, you, you can just go real negative. You know, like, oh, I hate my job. I hate the school I go to. As a matter of fact, I hate that rust bucket car I have to drive. You know, I, I hate, I, why did we have all these kids? You know, maybe, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> maybe you just begin to think uh, think about oh that husband I married that wife I married you know I just don't right and you can just begin to think like that in the very in the morning you can have all those thoughts and when you do you can expect your day to go according to what you think or you could wake up and reframe the day like this I know today is going to have its challenges but I know that my God is with me I know that God's grace is with me and I know if God be for me, who can be against me? And I know that no matter where I go today, that the Bible has determined, determined in my mind that I'm a victor. I'm not a victim. And I know that my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. I know that God's got me. I know that if God be for me, who can be against me? I know that my God, if he, he can put, put 10,000 to flight. Amen? So you can begin to think like that. And, and you reframe your day. And when you do, it begins to change everything. You cannot, you cannot help what comes your way. You can't stop what's going to happen to you. But you can change how you think about it. Amen, everybody? You can reframe it. And so we all, at times in our lives, we have this thought pattern of the way we want things to be. And then we have the way things really are. Amen, everybody? Like you, your desire, you want things to turn out right. And then they don't turn out the way you have them. The experience begins to be a little bit differently. Like this, you know, some of you in this room, you know, you, you actually married your high school sweetheart. And, you know, you had these beautiful children. And you dreamed that, that your lives would be together for 50, 60 years and you would build a life together. That was the dream. That was the thought processes in the beginning. But something happened. And you went through a dreadful painful divorce and it just changed everything it wasn't the way you imagined it and then there's some you know of you that thought by now you you've imagined yourself financially that you would be a little bit better off than where you are now but now that the experience that you're having is totally different than what you had imagined and it's difficult some of us now you know some of you even our children when we were holding those little babies, when they come into the world, they were so innocent. And, and the plan and the vision that we saw for their life was totally different than some of them are taking right now. And so the spirit experience has been different. And that's why I love the Bible, everybody, because the Bible doesn't, God doesn't hide any of that. The Apostle Paul, the same way. Is that he had this dream of, of going and preaching the gospel at Rome, and, and he imagined himself that he would be preaching these great theaters, and people would be there, many thousands of people would come to know Jesus. Well, Paul goes to Rome, but he don't go to Rome as a preacher preaching in public. He goes to Rome as a prisoner. He's locked up. He's in chains. And as we begin to read what he writes in, in, first, uh, in uh, Philippians, it begins to tell us a story. 
because he's in chains and he's writing now. And so look what it says in Philippians 1 and 12. Look what it says. Now I want you to know, brothers, and let me throw my sisters in there as well. Amen? That what has happened to me really stinks. I hate that I'm in this jail. I can't believe God's abandoned me. My life really sucks right now. Oh, that's not the translation you got? Oh, I'm sorry. I was reading out the NWV version, the new whiners version. <laughs> because that's the way we can begin to put it, isn't it? Look what he says. He had to reframe this. He said, now I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. What was he saying there? He was saying, what could it, I could think of to be so bad because I'm locked up now. I'm in a jail cell, and I'm chained to a Roman guard. He could say that was really bad, but he reframed it. And look what he goes on to say. As a result, it has become clear through the whole palace guard, throughout the whole palace guard, and everyone else, that I'm in chains for who? Did you see what just happened there? Is that Paul was saying this? Is it because I'm in chains today? Meaning he literally was wearing a chain on his ankle and the guard that would come in every eight hour, every time they changed the shift, they'd get the other end of that chain, they'd, they'd chain it to their ankle as well because they didn't want Paul to escape. And so for eight hours, a guard who were the most influential people there in, in Rome. Those guards were the most influential people. For eight hours a day, they had to listen to Paul talk about the goodness of God. They began to tell the story how that Jesus died and how he rose on the third day, how he was crucified and how he rose on the third day and how that he lives forevermore and how Jesus makes everything better and how Jesus is great and how Jesus is awesome and how Jesus changes everything, how Jesus opened the blinds of eyes, how Jesus changes the heart. He began to tell them everything. So I want to ask you, who was the prisoner? Was it Paul or was it the guard? Every eight hours changing. Every eight hours changing. Every, and it wasn't the same one every day. So there would be many guards by the time that Paul was, was out of jail there that he had shared the gospel with. And these people become believers in Jesus. And that's why we believe the gospel spread more boldly through Rome. Why? Because Paul got there to, to share the message. See, it wasn't the way he had, he had had it in his mind. It wasn't the experience that he wanted, but it was God's way, God working in that. Amen, everybody? And look, he goes on in verse number 14. Because of my chains... Most of the brothers in the Lord have been encouraged to speak the word of God more courageously and fearlessly. Notice that. It's not the facts that were different. It was actually the frame that was different. He wasn't in an air-conditioned prison that prisoned everybody. It was miserable. But he just decided that he would use whatever God had given him for the glory of God. Even though it wasn't the way he imagined God still worked wonderfully in that situation for the good. I want to give you three things for the remainder of our time to share with you that you can do to reframe your story and your relationships. These are so critical. You know, if you really want to change, if you'll put these into practice, it will change everything. You'll begin to win the spiritual battle. The first one is this, is number one, is thank God for what didn't happen. Thank God for what didn't happen. 
Thank God for what didn't happen. I want to read you a story that, you know, I, I read. It was so moving to me. And, and maybe this will apply to you. Maybe you can find a little bit in this as well. There was a 20-year-old girl who said, Mom and Dad, I've got some really bad news to tell you. I need you to sit down. As she said, let me tell you the whole story. And I just want you to stay calm because it's really bad news. I went out to a bar and met a guy. We drank too much. He came back to my apartment. We hooked up, and I'm embarrassed to say I'm pregnant. The good news is that his probation will be over in a year, <laughs> and he's going to start looking for a job. Once he's out of rehab, and he will consider marrying me. But since we can't afford to get married now, he's just going to move right in. And she let it hang there for a moment, and then she said, Mom and Dad, everything I just said to you is not true. The truth is, I got a D on my chemistry exam, and I just wanted you to know it could be a lot worse. <laughs> Thank God for what didn't happen. Amen? Thank God for what didn't happen. Just thank God it didn't, you know, maybe you need to thank God for what didn't happen. You know, like maybe you didn't get the bonus at work, but you still got a good job. Thank God, you know. You know, um, Caitlin, my daughter Caitlin wrecked her car a couple of weeks. Well, it was back uh, at the end of January. She wrecked her car. And uh, she called Rhonda and I. Of course, we went there, and sure enough, she, her car was not drivable. And, uh, man, the, it was, the fender was demolished, you know. And, and I said, she was a little upset about it. I said, listen, Caitlin, the great thing is nobody's hurt. You know, a car can be replaced. Thank God that nobody's hurt. And I just thank God for what didn't happen because she wasn't hurt. But then I got in my car, and I started home, you know, after everything was sort of settled. And I got excited, too, because I just remembered, hallelujah, she's not on my insurance anymore. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Glory to God. Glory to God. God, thank you. <laughs> Psalm 34, 7 says, The angels of the Lord encamp around those who fear him, and he delivers them. Amen, everybody. Thank God for what didn't happen. It could have been a lot worse, but God was with you. Amen. Amen. This next thing I'll share with you is this is pre-frame your day with God's Word. Pre-frame it. How is this day going to start? You see, we frame things by the way that we think about them, and they usually experience, we usually begin to experience what we begin to think about. You know, like the Psalm says this, Psalms 118 and, and uh, 24, says, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Amen, everybody? Wouldn't it be great if you got up in the morning and the first thing hit you, your feet hit the floor before you did anything else? You said, Lord, thank you. This is the day the Lord's made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. And that's reframing your day. It's pre-framing your day. In other words, I'm determined that nothing's going to rock me today. I know things may come my way that might be bad, but still, this is the day the Lord has made, and I am going to rejoice, and I am going to be glad no matter what. I'm going to rejoice because God's given me the day. Amen, everybody? This is the day the Lord's made. You, it's important to do that. 
because you're going to be challenged so much through things in your life that's going to happen. I have to do this, especially when I get to go play golf. You know, when I go play golf, that, you know, I, I want to do good, but I don't do good sometimes. And when I don't do good continually, it makes me mad. And I want to throw the golf clubs. You know, if you ever play golf, you know what I mean. You know, you just want to throw it, you know, and just, ah. Oh. But I've determined, oh, Lord, no matter my score, I'm going to enjoy the people I'm with, and it's just going to be good that I'm going to be able to be out there. And I've taught Rhonda, you know, I've said, Rhonda, listen, when I come home with those little green things all over my pant legs and little birds and my pants got pulls in them, that's, that's not a good day. It's because I've been in the woods trying to look for my ball. <laughs> so when you see that, don't ask, how did my game go? You know already. You know, there's people that's always trying to steal your joy. This week I was uh, coming to the office here to work in the morning, and, and uh, you know, I pulled out on this road, and, and I saw a truck way up there, and, and as I pulled out more, I, that truck got larger and larger in my rearview mirror until it looked like, you know, he was about three feet from my bumper. And I thought, well, I must be going a little bit slow for this person, so I sped up a little more. The speed limit was 45. I broke the law to appease the brother behind me. So I went 55. That didn't appease him. So he just stayed on my bumper. So uh, we pulled up to the traffic light, and as we did, he pulled into the turning lane beside me and stopped right beside me, rolled down his window, and was yelling something. Well, at that response, I rolled down my window. And he said, didn't you see there was a stop sign back there? Apparently, he thought I didn't stop long enough for the stop sign. There's a stop. And he just goes yelling and screaming at me. Got his face is all red, little big old beards hanging out, just yelling at me. I said, sir, I'm so sorry I offended you. Please forgive me. I did not intend to offend you today. I am so sorry that I did that. He said, have a blessed day. <laughs> now, I don't know about you, but see, I, I won a major battle because that's one of the first times that I got it right. Because what I would have normally done was I would have let the window down and said, let me tell you something, you noodle back, yellow belly, <laughs> ugly thing. You get your ugly head back in that car and I will ram you. I will run over. I may look little, but I got a big truck. Right, everybody? Oh, you don't think like that. Tell, tell me. <laughs> I'm not kidding. That's the thoughts. That, you know, that's the old pathway that's there. But because we said last week, remember, we said we're going to write it, we're going to think it, we're going to confess it until we believe it. And I've been practicing this. So I've cut a new pathway. And so before I did what I normally would have done, I mean, I, I normally would have said, shut up. All of a sudden, you know, right there, those I am a Christian statements popped in my mind. Jeff, you're a Christian. You know what? You, you, you serve in God's church, and, and then you share God's message, and you share your resources generously. So right there, it stopped me. Then we, we talked about before that I... I'm, I'm, able, I'm uh, able to control my response. I'm responsible. And because I say those every day, every day, all of a sudden I got a new pathway. And I walked, after we pulled off there, I was like, look at you, Jeff. 
Look, look at look at you. God, did you see that? I know, I know I just got a good mark in heaven for that right there, right? And I just want you to know, but see, we'll get up every day with that intention. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. You can't ruin my day. You say, oh, you don't know what to No, no, no. He gave me this day. It's his day. I'm going to rejoice in it no matter what happens because God is with me. Amen, everybody? Amen. 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 Well, I'm more excited about it than you are. So on your connection card, I want to challenge you. It says, I will do my best to preframe my day with Psalms 118.24. Why don't you write that down? Why don't you check that box? Why don't you every day say it? The third thing is this. The third thing is this. Number three, look for God's goodness. Romans 8.28 says this. And we know that in all things, God works for the good to those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. See, it's amazing because you see what you look for. Amen, everybody? And let me just tell you something. Either you can, you're going to be one of these two birds. You're either going to be the vulture that gets up every day and starts looking for dead things. Matter of fact, look at this picture of the vulture. vulture. This, is what, this is what a vulture does. Every day it gets up and looks for dead stuff. And every day if you get up and you say, well, you know, this is going to be bad at work. This is going to be bad at school. You know, my parents don't like me. Blah, blah, blah. And if you just keep going down those negative ways, that's all you're going to find is dead stuff. And your life is never going to be thrilling. And it's always going to be drudgery. If you, if you live your life like a vulture, every day I'm looking for something dead. Where's some roadkill at? Or you could be like this bird. This bird, the hummingbird, who goes and looks for the beauty that God's created every day and gets the sweetness and the goodness out of life and enjoy. And we all enjoy watching the hummingbird, don't we? And we all hate seeing the vultures. So today the question is this, which one are you going to be? Tomorrow morning when you get up, you got to decide. Every day you got to decide, am I going to be the buzzer today or am I going to be the hummingbird today? Because when you choose, it's going to determine your day. And so if you pre-frame it and say, God, today I'm going to be the hummingbird. No matter what comes my way, I'm going to look for the goodness of God. In whichever situation I'm in, I'm going to look for the goodness of God. Amen, everybody? It's once you begin to see that. You know... I thought about this this week, that you really got to reframe in order to see some things. If you were to ask me, Jeff, because I've told people, I've said, you know, these were the worst years of my life. And I talked about the years that when I was in my late 30s to early 40s, there was a season there to where everything in my life was bad. I was having issues with one of my children that I couldn't fix. And I'm the fixer. I can fix anything. But I couldn't fix them. And that war was constantly going on. And then Rhonda and I were not at a good place. So needless to say, my family was in turmoil. And this church was not at a good place. We see all this great stuff that's happening now. 
But it wasn't that way back then. It was a question if it was going to make it. Everything in my life that meant anything to me was going down. I don't know if you've ever been there. And if you were to ask me, I would point you back to that season of my life and said, before I would have said, that was the worst time of my life. But the goodness of God was with me. What was meant to kill me and take me out because the devil threw everything that he had at me. He threw everything that he had at me because he was scared to death of what was going to happen in 2022. He was scared to death of all that's been happening lately. He, was, he knew all that was coming. And what I want you to know, when I look back at that part in my life, it wasn't the worst thing that happened to me. It was the best thing that happened to me. Because I finally got to the end of Jeff, and Jeff was no longer sufficient for all of this. And so it was finally at that moment where I said, God, I can't handle this anymore. You've got to help me. And it was in that moment that, that God began to move and, and transform my life, and he began to let me lean and learn to trust him and quit trying to do it all myself. It was at that moment that I let go and let God. And I want to tell you that, my friend, I'm here today because of that moment in my life that God changed me, rearranged me. And now I want you to know that we are here, everybody. We are here because of what God has done. There is, there's no way, there's no way that our church would have been able to do all this, been to do, been able to do. Why? Because it's in that moment that I learned how to handle stress like I never thought I could handle. It was in that moment that I learned how to handle pressure I thought I could never handle. It was in that moment that I learned how to handle that everything that hell could throw at me and learned that God is more than enough and that God will never leave you nor forsake you. He'll go with you all the way to the end. I learned in that moment that God's love has got me. And if God's got me, that's more than enough. And if I've got God, that's more than enough. God's been good to me. He's been so, so good. He's been so, so good. He's been so, so good. It's his goodness that got me here. And it's his goodness that will take me there. And God's been good to you. 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 He's been so, so good. God's been good. God's been good. He's been good to you. You are where you are because of God. The devil would have took you out a long time ago, but God's goodness has been with you every day and every night. He's got you through what you've been going through. God has been good. 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 Don't you listen to that lie anymore. He's been telling you that it's not, it's been good. God is good. He's working right now. Come on, stand with me, everybody. You can believe the lie if you want to. It's a lie. Right now in the world, you say, Jeff, the world's everything crazy. Yes, but God is good. He's working right now. 
He's shown a world that in the midst of all this war that the church is standing up. The church is praying together, working together, and it's, say, it's helping save people's lives because of God's goodness. God is good. This morning, I want to tell you this. The way you reframe, first of all, you've got to have somebody to help you. And it's called the Holy Spirit. How do you have the Holy Spirit to help you? You receive Jesus Christ in your life. And you say, Lord Jesus, I want you to come into my life. I want you to save me. See, he's being saved, not just going to heaven, but I need him, I need him to get me through those moments. That's being saved, my friend. And so today, if you're not a Christ follower, if you're not following Jesus today, then it's time for you to get on board. Amen, everybody? Let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, there's people in this room and in watching online are going to pray this prayer with me. They're saying right now, dear Lord Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my sins, O oh Lord. I'm so, so sorry. And Father, I need you today. I need you, Jesus, I need you to come in and save me by your spirit. I don't even know what that means, God, but I'm asking you to do it. And Lord, help me to live by your will and your way. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we give God a hand for all those who just prayed that prayer? Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net. And click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.